Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Please note, all season one episodes were previously recorded for our video series. Welcome back to Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Today we have Malcolm Paul, which has been a good friend of mine for the last couple of years. We actually met in college um, when we were trying to enter the IBM Watson competition at Baruch. Uh, Malcolm has been participating in a lot of different programs that I've had, such as Illicit Minds, Site Collective, and other small projects. Right now, he's working as a project manager on their Ninjas in the Machine, and I'll let Malcolm tell you a little bit more about what he does, and I think he's going to correct yeah. me. Um, it's a, as, a, right as a project manager, I think a lot of people would take issue with that. I am not a project manager. Not even being pedantic, just like um, my skill set is geared more towards um, concepting and understanding how to build products um, rather than, you know, managing the, the product process. And that's kind of like... So would you say like a product manager? Yeah, yeah product manager. Yeah, not okay, a project, project manager. manager. Yeah. Guys, I'm so sorry. He's a product yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I focus mainly on like understanding the needs of the client, understanding the needs of the of, of the of the product and working with the with the client on their vision for what they want to bring to market. That's very tricky because um, a lot of clients have a great idea of what they want to do, but they have no idea how to bring it, you know, visualize it or make it, you know, make it quote unquote real. For me, uh, some clients are very, very, very specific about what they want, and then it's just a matter of you using your skills to facilitate that. That has been something that I've had to learn uh, from client to client. Um, but you know, it's 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 a fun experience, and um, yeah, I've been doing this for 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 a few years, and I've been you know in technology for my most of my adult life, all of my adult life. And I've been focusing on like just getting out there and literally swimming in the ocean and, and trying to figure out how to become a Michael Phelps. <laughs> nice, nice. Congrats. And, you know, it's really good that you're kind of focusing on how to bring the idea to yeah. life because so many people just focus on having the ideas yes. and, you know, more ideas and more yes. ideas, but not really how do I bring this idea to fruition yes. or how do I make it? product or service. Yes. So that's pretty yes. awesome. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Ninjas and the Machine? Because I know that's your current project. Yes. What has it been like working on that project and just like securing clients? Yes. Like what has that adventure been like? It's it, it, it's been a it's been a real learning curve. This year has been a super learning curve for me. Uh, in the past two years I worked with another company, Brooklyn, as their product manager. Um, and I really kind of um, focused on just doing a pure ninjas um, NITM's uh, work in the past year. Uh, I was, I did NITM work before. I worked with smaller startups, I worked with smaller companies, you know, I worked on independent projects over time. And, um, but this year is just purely focusing on NITM and NITM's, um, NITM's work. And it's been, it's been a real learning experience. You know, some people are born with the skills to be business people. Some people have to be refined continuously. 
um, by by the circumstances. So it's been it's been it's been trying, but it's been a real learning experience, and I would not give it up for you know I would not give it up for just the security of a monthly paycheck. Um, but I would love to have the security of a monthly paycheck eventually. So we're working towards there. Getting clients has not been difficult for me. What has been difficult, particularly difficult, is my um, is understanding where I lack certain skills, and understanding that mm-hmm. if, if I do do decide to get on a project, I need to make sure that I bring the right set of skills on because you know you're probably aware of this. We try to do everything ourselves. And Definitely. and that becomes a problem. You drop the ball here, you drop the ball there, you didn't pay attention here, didn't pay attention there. And my mind works so randomly in terms of taking information and disparate pieces of information and linking them together. It's hard to concentrate and become, that's why I said I'm not a project manager because the project manager is very specific mm-hmm. uh, and very on point. I'm very product focused. I'm thinking about how is your user going to interact with this? How does this make sense technology-wise and this kind of stuff? Um, and it's been a very, very tricky year, but I feel like, you know, I would not get this learning experience, um, just working for another company, you know, and at the same time, there's a balance of learning versus managing reputation, which is very tricky part about start about being independent and running your own, running your own show. Yeah, a hundred percent. So you were talking a little bit more, a little bit about, kind of that mentality of actually let's take it a step back you mentioned you know you want to get a steady paycheck and you know in order to start um an itm you you quit your job i know you're working on it a little bit while you're mm-hmm. working at your job but can you tell us a little bit more about that journey of quitting your job because i knew you had like, a really good job mm-hmm. and it, it paid really mm-hmm. well but just weren't feeling like you were being your potential and just right. like the, the paycheck wasn't equaling like your happiness. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Like what made you take the leap to officially quit the job and like move on? Absolutely. I, I worked at a small uh, technology company, uh, a telecommunications company for close to 10 years. Um, my responsibilities there was um, managing customer service and implementing tools for the team, basically managing the team of about 15 people to make sure that they're, you know, on schedule, on point, doing the work they're supposed to do, training them and handling various, um, um what's that word very um intricate technical issues tasks yeah stuff like that so i think about three or four years in i realized that i was restless because um there's there's a certain level of technical knowledge that you get while working for someone else versus on your own because you know you learn what's needed for the job and then you move on to you know trying to do greater things or or not greater things but more challenging things and I was diagnosing network issues with Google, with Verizon, then communicating that to the client, providing detailed resolution, all this stuff, and then writing a documentation on how to handle those types of issues. And it was fun, but I felt there was something more that I could do with the company. So, you know, I went into, um, I started to go back to school, uh, and then I went to um, uh, BMCC in Baruch, and that we met at Baruch. Um, and... You know, part of part of the reason for quitting the job was that I realized it was a glass and the paycheck was good. Listen, I all my bills were on auto pay. I didn't I had a ninety nine point nine percent on time bill pay rate with that job. My 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 rent was on paid. I was stacking money in my bank account. It was not a problem. I was taking vacation. 
but I felt like this was not something that would like suffice in like 10 years, like, you know, in 10 years, would I still be happy with it? And it, I, it turned out that the answer to that was no. And I needed to find, to step out and, you know, find myself. So and originally I wanted to quit when I was like 24, 25, because I started that job when I was like 20, 21. I wanted to quit on that 24, okay. 25, but my VP stopped me and he said, listen, you have a great opportunity here. Go back to school, do what you got. And I said, okay. So I started going back to school and then I finished school. And then as soon as I was finished with school, I quit. But in the meantime, <laughs> yeah, in the meantime, between starting school and, and finishing school, I still did try to like provide like opportunities for the company to grow. So let's, let's revision how the business is let's revision how we communicate the class let's revision how we sell the product let's split the product let's do this let's provide these type of mm -hmm. services and unfortunately didn't pan out so that kind of pushed me even further so as soon as i was done with school like i had given them a year's notice because i had to train my replacement and then i left and it was really it was really less of a um, economic need to leave versus more of like a personal need to leave Definitely. And so I left and I, you know, it was a couple of months I was off. I was literally doing not much um, besides just learning and still um, learning new code, learning new technology, learning new um, paradigms and new theories, that kind of stuff. And then I started working with Brooklyn and uh, you introduced me to Brooklyn, which is, <laughs> which is always, it's like, it's, it's a small world. You introduced me to Brooklyn and I, I work with uh, Brooklyn for, I still, I'm still working with Brooklyn depending on the project that's needed. And um, we have been doing that. I did that for about two or so years. And then like in the beginning of this year, I had to like focus on my stuff because again, there's a certain ceiling that you hit and you know, you really don't realize, you really don't understand how difficult it is and how much it requires that you like, get your ducks in a row until you get out there. And I'm glad that I did get out there. There's been a, there's been a few stumbling blocks so far, which has been pretty painful, but they're important. They're important. Yeah. yeah like learning things. Very, very important. Yeah. Learning things uh, on the fly. And you have to like, the, the most important thing that I'm glad that I have is that I, I am learning to, to very much humble myself. So it's like, you know, the customer is not always right. No, it's not. If you're doing service with someone, they're most likely right about what they want. So you need to make sure to curb your ego and listen. And I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a continuous learning process, but I'm, you know, taking all that in because when the consequences hit, it's not your employer that gets, um, the, 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 it's you. You're the one that gets so, It's you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And um, let's talk a little bit more about you said, you know, being kind of at first like the person that has to, you know, to do everything and then now delegating a bit more to um, other folks. You know, do you hire like freelancers or contractors or do you have like a team that you can say, okay, this part of the task I'm going to give to someone that is specialized in. Um, so that way, when I'm communicating with the client, I know I'm not the best at this. I'm not going to try to overwhelm myself and do the best mm -hmm. at this. Do you have something like that? Or are you working on building a system like that? So that's exactly what I'm working on doing right now. Is One of my biggest pain points is client communication. I have a very direct way of speaking, which is not always comfortable for a lot of clients. Um, and it, you know, mm -hmm. combine that with my propensity to... To think of multiple things at once, you know, it's 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 helpful in certain situations, but not in that. So I'm I've learned that I need to bring on 
someone who is able to do client communication much better than I. And that is, uh, that's one part where I'm starting to delegate. Um, in terms of um, some of the actual work that needs to be done, I'm delegating a little bit more of that work while still doing some core work. I'm delegating some more of that work to um, to others, and I'm working on building the team to make sure that I. Uh, one of my biggest issues is reliability, so making sure that the people that I do get, I can count on, and that I don't have to pull a 4 a.m. to to you know get a project completed. You know, I've done. I think I've done enough of that. Yeah, that that is definitely key. You don't want to be having to kind of like extra now having yes. to micromanage too much because you want to be able to have yes. the freedom to then you'll kind of therefore build a product, but also having secure people on the team. Right. Is, and that's um, so very that's important. so tough to do. That is so tough to do because trusting trusting yourself to do it is fine, but there's only so many hours in the day. And then that estimate you gave might become much longer because you're trying to do everything. Then you have more than one project to handle. It becomes a problem. So uh, you have to work with people that you can genuinely and legitimately trust to be able to deliver what they said they're going to deliver. And, you know, it's becoming a little bit tricky because you also have to like adjust relationships because some relationships are cool as friendships, but when it comes to business, they become more problematic. Definitely. And I want to just repeat that <laughs> what you just said for you guys out there listening. Not because they make good friends or family members means that they make good business partners and or employees. Yes. Um, and sometimes they actually, because of the, the, the previous personal relationship, they become horrible employees yeah. because they, you know, like, oh, you know, she's cool or yeah. he's cool. He won't yeah. mind if I do this tomorrow. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have the consequences yeah. on you. So be careful when you're hiring, especially I think your hiring process for family and friends should definitely be a lot harder, like challenge the hell out of them yeah. because you have to, they have to know when, you know, friendship knob turns down a little yes. bit and like, business we don't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that, that's the tricky part. It's like going into business with people that, because, you know, why not go into business with a friend? You guys get along. And then, you know, exactly. deadlines come and your friend is like, well, I have a family issue. I have a this, I have a that. And you're like, Okay, but you can't go to the client and say, well, this, this, that is happening. You know, you might give a, and if something serious comes up, you might communicate it to the client, but you can't say, well, my, 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 my friend who's working as my, that is not able to, so where, you know, you can't do that. So, um, but that's a, that's a paradigm shift that is very tricky to, to, you know, to actualize. So you have to, um, you have to really, really, really focus on, not just about cronyism and not about uh, nepotism and more on like, you know, who is the right person that I can afford for this job that's going to be on time, on point and reliable. Yes, a hundred percent. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I would, like you said, you already have a relationship with the person. So sometimes it feels like the right fit. Mm -hmm. And I personally, you know, when I see like friends or family or, um, colleagues have products or services. I try to, you know, hire them and use them. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, the job that I see that they could be a good fit for. I would, def- I would try to hire them into that, into that position. Yeah. But again, you have to just really think about it holistically, mm-hmm. not just the relationship that you have with the work that you'll put yeah. in. Um, and another question I want to ask is something that you touched upon earlier mm-hmm. in regards to the client is almost, you know, the, the client's always yeah. right. The customer's always mm-hmm. right. And you're mentioning that you would suggest certain um, 
enhancements and like the clients like no 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 this is what right. I want or you know you try to go above and beyond could you talk a little bit more about that because I think oftentimes we make that mistake especially in um development field so I I've made that mistake as like a web designer like oh you know this would look really, yeah, really nice this would look that. great and the person wants to look like have a website that looks like 2005 and I'm like no yeah. it needs to be responsive and fancy yeah. So could you talk a little bit more about like that experience and just like allowing the client to be right? Yeah, and it's so it's 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 a tricky it's, it's a tricky situation. You really have to become more of a, a reader of a peop of a person. Um, I had a project where um, we, I started off with a client working on um, working on things and doing um, uh, doing the the kind of the wireframe because it was a planning project so doing the wireframe for that project. And, you know, you have to be dynamic, but you also have to communicate, you know, about what it is that you're doing. So in this case, the client knew exactly what they wanted and they mm -hmm. started to do the things that they wanted. So you can be comfortable in that, but you also have to make sure to communicate that, you know, what you would recommend in those situations. So this is a situation where you have a client who knows what they want and you're just there to facilitate them and then do it according to what they like. There's another situation where the client has no idea what they want and it's your responsibility to creatively come up with a solution. I feel like that's the more difficult one because unless you properly um, research and scope for the client or scope the client's needs or understand the client's needs, then it becomes a problem to actually deliver what they really want because you might do something and it might, be like, it might look good from your perspective, but the client says, nope, 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 don't like it. <laughs> And so now you're wasting time because you're spending like three or four or five hours a day, whatever it is, doing this. And then the client says, nope, start from scratch. And you're, you know, so in terms of meeting, um, the client is always right. It's, it's, it's more the perspective of the client knows, should the client has a good idea of what they want. Even if they're not 100% mm -hmm. clear of it, they have a good idea of what they want. And it's your responsibility to understand that need and understand how to approach it and, you know, take the steps to, you know, give them options without doing the full amount of stuff until they solidify it on like a direction to go. Yeah, a hundred percent. And also asking the right questions mm -hmm. to let you clarify who they are. Right. Yes. So you remember if they are if they know what they want and they just need to execute it or they have an idea it's up here but they can't articulate right. it so figuring out what, who, it, who are mm -hmm. they and then asking the right questions to make sure that it's all like okay this is who you are this and like for folks that can't articulate it knowing how to okay you don't really know how to say it in that way but you kind of said it in this other right. way when we're discussing it right and documenting that stuff because yeah, yeah. people will have you working tense. Oh my goodness. That has, that has been, that has been like a, a, a real, like that's one of the big lessons is making sure to document. And once you have a meeting to follow up on the meeting with the mm -hmm. documentation, because I've run into a couple of situations where it was communicated one way in the meeting, but understood differently. And then the problem becomes is that if you understand it differently, then when you do it, the way you understand it, it becomes, you know, the situation become where you're considered a liar because the client perceives you, the client believes it's supposed to be done one way and you believe it's supposed to be done another way. And that is like the management expectation. So I'm learning very, um, the very difficult way of making sure to document and be on point document during the meeting, follow up and confirm and then implement. Definitely. And 
I want to talk a little bit about the you we were mentioning in the past you had to give refunds yes. because of that yes. communication. Yes. So could you talk a little bit more about that experience and was it like a like was the refund the best way to like mediate? Could you have done something else? So just talk about that, that experience. Yeah, so this, the, so the project that I had to give a refund on was due to, um, again, the communication, and that's why communication is very important. It's um, communication, it is the documentation, and then following up to make sure we're on the same page thing, especially if you're dealing with something that's a little bit more complex and not just, you know, I want a landing page, just I want to build this, this, that, that makes sense a certain way. So. Um, with that situation, there was uh, numerous tries of mediation. There was a uh, communication disconnect between myself and the client. And it's, uh, again, it's learning experience, learn to properly understand the client versus, you know, um, going forward and just, you know, doing what you think makes sense. And sometimes it's a bit more difficult from my side because I have to now try to understand the perspective of the client while combining that with what is actually possible at a given time and you know so within in that situation it ended up being that a refund was the most appropriate solution there we had done we had done a certain amount of work but a refund was just the right solution there and you know when it comes to the point where you have to give a refund you always wanted to just you know not go beyond um just here's a refund and this contract is now cut you don't want it to go beyond there because then you have to now deal with um, other things that you do not want to deal with in your daily in your daily experience. So that experience taught me a lot of you know, like I said, again the documentation, the following up, and then making sure to confirm, 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 and um, you know, understanding how you communicate with people is very important. You know, understanding that your communication style is X while they're Y, so you need to make sure you're able to bridge the gap. Or if you can't, you need to hire someone who's able to communicate between you and that person while you do the core things that you're supposed to do to get this project completed. So this is where the delegating comes into play, um, as well as making sure to, to, to properly, you know, understand and manage the expectations of the client. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely does make a lot of sense. And I just want to kind of like pull it all together for the audience. You know, Malcolm's saying like the top three things when you're working with a client is communication. Mm -hmm. When you're working with your team, you know, delegation mm -hmm. as well as documentation. Mm -hmm. So just making sure those three things are in check will give you a good foundation mm -hmm. of um, mm -hmm. communicating with your yeah. clients and communicating. Yes. to get your projects and services yeah. done. Yeah, and, and definitely following up and confirming because you, you what you want to do is, although there's a grander scope of the project, there's always those little things in the project. Oh, you can do this, you can do that. And you might agree to it in the, in, in the conversation, but if you don't follow up and confirm that this will be done then, then the client expects something different. Even if you're delivering the full product, they expect something different because you agree to it. And it's your responsibility as the person who is, providing the service to make sure that if you're going to do something, they understand how and when it's going to be done. And then you actually follow mm -hmm. up and do that, you know? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I want to shift, I want to shift gears a little mm -hmm. bit and talk about the, the other project that you've helped me with, which is site collective, yes. which if you guys don't know that stands for Caribbean's in tech and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So as a Caribbean, um, 
entrepreneur, what has that experience been like for you, especially when you first, you know, quit your job and mm-hmm. then went to entrepreneurship? How did your like family and friends kind of take that? Um, I think I think I lived in a bubble <laughs> for a while. I lived <laughs> in a bubble where it was only my decision that counted. So I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. necessarily care about um, outside opinions. I, this is what I wanted to do and this is what I was going to do. You know, it's, it, it, it sounds weird, but it's like now I'm kind of pulling back a little bit and like listening because that, that egoism and that e- um, ego trip of, you know, not caring about everyone else leaks into your professional life. So you have to, and it's, for me, it's, it's the way I was brought up and it's a Caribbean thing where we're brought up to be a certain way and now we're doing business here. We have to adjust to, to how business is done here. So, you know, Working with you on that has taught me a lot in terms of um, seeing how other people from the Caribbean do business here, seeing how other people from the Caribbean handle, you know, the kind of, um, because we're we're, we're managing three cultures. I was talking to somebody, we're managing the Caribbean culture, that's where we're from, Mm -hmm. we're managing the American culture, and then we're managing a combination of of those two cultures, right? So we constantly have to switch between contexts. We have to switch. We have to drop the old ways that are okay in the Caribbean or okay for our family, but are not okay for American culture. So it's it's always uh, an adjusting and an understanding process. And um, but it's it's been a real it's been a real thing. You you learn you know you learn that some things are good, some things are not bad, some things are helpful, some things are not helpful. But it's been a real mm-hmm. positive experience in terms of seeing other professionals from the Caribbean here and similar or dissimilar experiences and seeing how they handle and how, how they excel in, in what they do. Yeah, 100%. And I think even, even adding like a, another third dimension to that, just being the American definition of black. So like yes. within American, yes. like, now you gotta be like just American alone and then you also gotta yes. be black and then you also have to be yes. Caribbean and then you also have to be like from New York. Yes. And it's, just, it's a lot, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's so much, to, it's so much to like, to think like before I would overthink the process and I, and I, I would like, you know, in my interaction socially, it would come off as, you know, uncomfortable because I'm actually trying to gauge how to be in the situation. You know, and mm-hmm. the tricky part is that, you know, if you have to do that, then you're probably trying to cater more towards pleasing someone rather than just being yourself. And ultimately, to be yourself, you have to get bring all of those skills together and make them a core part of who you are rather than have them as on the back burner. Or I'm going to pull out this skill set. It's just you have to make it who you are. Yeah, yeah I think. I don't know if it was just laziness. I think that was like one of my biggest competitive advantages because I couldn't, I couldn't manage bringing like just figuring out, you know, who I'm going to be right now. Mm-hmm. I think just bringing like all the parts of me, all like the stuff that didn't even fit in was like what gave me the competitive edge yeah. um, in most of the, the, the circumstances that I've mm-hmm. been in. Like, even at the time we met, like we were at the competition. I didn't know anyone there. I just knew it sounded cool. I'm like, oh, I'll join your team. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's do it. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. And you know, the thing about it is that from the Caribbean culture, we try not to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. And yeah, we're, like taught. we're taught not to, we're taught to go a certain way, but like you have to, and you took the step to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. I put myself to be in a, myself in a situation to be uncomfortable, and 
I'm continuously, it's like, I am, it's like I'm continuously putting myself in uncomfortable situations, but like, I'm trying to learn as much as I can out of those situations so as not to Mm -hmm. repeat those mistakes and to do them well. And, but the thing about that we, we probably don't do enough is to see where we actually do excel. Right. And that's more of like a, um, that must a more personal thing and an entrepreneurial thing is that we always put ourselves down. We're not good enough. We're not that. We're not blah, blah. We always do that before we, you know, yeah. and so I've been learning to take, a, to appreciate the small wins because then when you appreciate the small wins, it, it reinforces those good behaviors and it allows you to see when those bad behaviors come in that you know how to now dig in and figure out that why was this bad? Okay, this is why it was bad. I will try my best to either learn and adjust to it or find someone who can do this part better than I do. A hundred percent. And I heard, and I was um, on social media the other day and someone was doing like a little Instagram live and she was saying, before, when she sets her goals, like make a list of goals or things that she wants to accomplish, before she even starts trying to um, set up process to accomplish them, she thinks back to when in her life was she, you know, hitting all, closing all yeah, the deals yeah. or doing a really, really good job yeah. and then writing down next to the goals, what like stage was that? What, what, what kind of environment mm-hmm. was she in? What kind of like, what did her like social life, work life balance right, look right. like? Just figuring out the atmosphere that allowed her to excel and then kind of trying to replicate yeah. that because you know why why reinvent the wheel or just try to go against the grain just go back to, to what, what you, you did, did well, well right exactly that that is that is so true that is so that is so true and that's part of the um it's part of the journey you know it's uh you have you have like super high days and super low days but it's like you got to try to not necessarily find the middle but be able to cope because that high is super stressful as well it's just stressful in a different way that low is stressful in a different way it's just being able to manage that and using the right tools for yourself meditation um pausing the day um actually taking a day to rest and you know those kind of things it's, it's, it's things that you know you have to put into put into play put into play a hundred percent and to start wrapping up this conversation um what i want to ask is like my final my normal final yeah. question is if you could give any advice to a dreamer mm-hmm. out there someone that's trying to get their their stuff going or someone that's already started but it's kind of a little stuff mm-hmm. What is like one piece of tangible advice would you would you give them so that they could you know push forward and start getting stuff done? Do something that makes you uncomfortable. If if it makes you uncomfortable, do it. If that means asking for help, if it means um if it means um paying for something, if it means um um writing down or if it means checking your bank book, seeing where your finances are, you know, if it means like you know, just do something that makes you uncomfortable and when you once you do that you'll begin to realize that oh it wasn't that bad it wasn't that <laughs> bad like i i don't I, I think i can do this again and then you do it again and you learn you know at the same time it's you know you still have to manage like if you're trying to be an entrepreneur you're trying to go solo or contract consultant whatever it's reputation management so also taking the time to um the uncomfortable part of introspection of like see of reflecting on your week reflecting on the experience 
not necessarily seeing where you went bad, but like like we just said, seeing where you went good and 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 just looking at those things and learning from them. And that I think that's helpful. It's very helpful um, in the short term, but it's super helpful in the long term. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, definitely agree with that. So go out, guys, go out there, do something uncomfortable, and that's going to be it for this episode of Doing the Most. You can find more information about Malcolm in the comment and caption section and how to reach him, how to get, how to work with um, NITM and just what he'll be up to next. Thank you so much again, Malcolm, for participating. You got it, Georgie, no problem, for sure. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.